Hi everybody and welcome to another Beef and Lamb New Zealand Seen and Heard podcast, in fact the first for 2021 so I spent a bit of this morning just refreshing myself around how this all works and how we actually do the technology because it has been a wee while and today's one um, will be an interesting one, it's a bit of a refresh of one we did about a year ago, um, it's around the Open Farms program for Open Farms 2021 so I'm joined by Daniel Ebb who was the, the founder of the Open Farms program uh, good morning, good afternoon, wherever people are listening. Hello, Daniel. Welcome back. Kia ora, Aaron. Thanks for having me. Good as gold. So um, just the background, we always do the introductions. It's the rural thing, I guess. Um, Open Farms is your baby. We're going to talk about that. It's not your, uh, your well, it's not your main job, your whole job, your day job. What do you, what do, you do for a crust? Uh, so what mostly keeps me busy is Dirt Road Comms. It's a communications agency focusing specifically in food systems. Um, so I have the privilege of working with some awesome brands in food and farming in New Zealand. And I, I work mostly in sort of digital marketing, understanding how to like lay a purpose into your brand and really connect with people. So that keeps me busy most of the time. But uh, yeah, Open Farms is sort of a, uh, an application of that in the real world, trying to do something really good for, for the industry I love. And we'll talk about that. But you also... Um uh, I don't want to say get your hands dirty, but you, you still have a, an involvement actually on a farm. You probably spend your holidays relaxing, doing some fencing. But yeah. um, what's the the background there? That family farm, your farm? What's the family farm? Yeah, I probably don't get my hands as dirty as my <laughs> dad would like. But um, yeah, we've got a a beef block up in beautiful Northland, and so that's where I kind of go to what I call do real work, like yeah. proper fencing and uh, getting back out there. So I'm kind of the the unofficial biodiversity guy on the farm. So I go up there to fence, plant trees, trap, and uh, and basically support the family to, to, to make some gains in that space. It's a, it's a really important part of sort of my personal life, but it, I don't know if I could do my business life without that, to be honest. Awesome. All right. Hey, look, um, that's sort of the let's get into the, the topic. Open Farms. We've, we've got another podcast. If people want to go back and listen to that, we've done some detail. We'll repeat some of that. But particularly, we're going to talk about what came out of the first year and what's been the change, what's happening for the second year and uh, why farmers listening to this should um, get in touch with Daniel and sign up to become a host. But look, in a nutshell, what is Open Farms? Um, what's the what's the plan this year? What's happening? And I guess, yeah, but We'll throw it in there as well. Why? Why'd you come up with the idea? Why have people come on board? Why is it happening? Sure. Uh, so Open Farms is a platform to reconnect urban Kiwis with our land, our food, and our farmers. Um, it's it's a proactive response to some of the um, sort of tension, I guess you could call it, between the urban and rural communities of New Zealand in the last couple of years. Um, and it's a, it's about um creating a space for actual participation you know like ads are great social media content is great but nothing makes more of a difference to someone's perception about food and farming and their behavior in the supermarket or behavior around food and farm um, farms and, and farmers than actually getting out on farm and um and that's what we try and do it's not a particularly complicated uh, concept yeah. uh we try and get we support farmers to host an open day and we do all the marketing uh, and all the visitor acquisition to get urban Kiwis out of the city, onto the farm, shaking farmers' hands, walking up and down streams, you know, understanding animal life cycles, all the stuff that is is the basis for the food that they eat. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and yeah, touch wood, it's, it's went really well in year one. We had three and a half thousand visitors visit 45 farms right up and down the country, all different types of farms, sheep and beef, dairy. We had a indoor urban microgreens uh, producer in central Wellington in a basement. I thought it was quite cool. Um, and now we're back on ready to do it again. Cool. And the thing, look, we're going to talk a bit about what's involved, but the key thing was there was some sort of formal research done into it, and we'll talk about the feedback too that we got um, subjectively, I guess, but the, the, the research found these on-farm experiences did actually work for both the farmers and, and non-farmers that came along. They, they, they achieved your aims, I guess. Yes, yes. So we were really lucky to have the Our Land and Water National Science Challenge on board who are a sponsor and who also are really interested in in the impact of an on-farm experience on perception and on behaviour. Um, it ladders up to, to one of their research themes, capacity for transition. Uh-huh. And yeah, you're spot on. Um, our assumptions basically prove correct that not only do people sort of just a, just have a, a general good experience. We had mm-hmm. 91% of visitors want to come back again. You know, I don't know if you can get 91% of people to agree that the sun's going to rise tomorrow. So that's, that's pretty, uh, pretty impressive, I think, um, which speaks to just the awesomeness of farming, even though I'm very biased. Um, but when we really drilled down and we asked questions like, you know, are you more likely, uh, you know, are you more likely to change some of your food purchasing behaviours? Are you, do you feel more connected to farmers? Do you, do you think farming is more complicated or simpler um, than you, than you thought before? Every metric basically points in the right direction. Um, and, and that's a testament to the power of personal real experiences, particularly in this day and age of, you know, like digital information overload. Mm. Yep. And I think, yeah, actually, I think we've, we've done a podcast with James Turner on that research from memory, and that was part of what came back. People actually, yeah, opened their eyes, seen it for real, I guess, in, in person and on the, on the ground rather than actually what they'd, they'd seen in social media, et cetera, and it broke down some of those barriers. What about the farmers that hosted? You had 45 farmers. I think around about half were sheep and beef farmers, but, I mean, they were farmers generally. What did the farmers think of the experience? So similar, um, similar, a similarly positive experience to start with. Um, off the top of my head, I think it was the uh, farmers rated the event about 4.4 out of 5 for just general enjoyment. Um, we, we had about 60, 70 odd percent who are interested in hosting again. Mm-hmm. You know, whether that follows through for the timing and all that kind of thing, we're not too sure. But the fact that we've got two thirds who, who are pretty committed to do it again is, is a good indication that it was valuable. Uh, and some of sort of the more subjective feedback was around the fact that, yes, there's some planning involved. Yes, like, you know, we had to get volunteers and, and sort of make this a priority. But there were real tangible rewards. People, farmers felt good after this. Like they were generally in, uh, intrigued to to, to see um, urban perceptions of farming right from sort of the urban uh, an urban person mm-hmm. like the questions that they were asking weren't necessarily the, the questions that farmers thought they would get asked mm-hmm. um you know most what they actually uh, a piece of feedback that i found really in- interesting was that people don't know a lot about farming but some people do know heaps about farming so there's this real sort of 
like you've got this advocate urban group who want to talk about things that you know are still pretty you know out there concepts even within the industry like regenerative agriculture or permaculture and things like that Uh, and then you also have groups who have never been to a farm who know nothing about farming who know nothing about the life cycle of the animal and so as a farmer to see your industry and something you've dedicated your life to and your landscape and your process and your system from those two perspectives on one day i think there's a lot of value in that mm. you know yeah yeah well i no, just as i say have a look through the feedback have a listen to that podcast uh, if you haven't already um there were a lot of really positive stories and as you say some of them were quite unexpected turning it around again from the farmer's point of view um, obviously, some of them are a bit nervous. There's, it's it's not um, the easiest thing. You do have to set up a few things, get ready for the day. But the interesting thing, giving people sticking their necks out there a wee bit, was there, there weren't really any significant negative issues or, or negative feedback. Um, and the, the farmers as a whole, it was, yeah, some of the, their worst fears never came to fruition or, or things they thought could have gone wrong didn't happen. You know, it, it um, didn't become a nightmare for anybody. That's that's exactly right. Like I won't tell you that every farmer had an amazing experience. We had right. some sort of functional issues, like yep. uh, some farms experienced a higher um, uh, dropout rate of visitors mm-hmm. um, than expected. Some farms experienced oversubscription of visitors, um, and there's there were some teething problems. It was year one, you know, things like we didn't mm-hmm. get enough road signs. That's my fault. I didn't. <laughs> Apologies. Yeah. Um, but those those things we can iron out. The 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 big barriers, um, you know, let's let's be honest, it's worrying about you know, animal rights protesters or, you know, some really hard questions on farm or someone acting up, you know, because effectively farmers, we're asking farmers to be quite vulnerable. We're mm-hmm. asking them yeah. to invite people, you know, not only onto into their system to critique and, and analyse and ask them what they're doing, but also on, you know, to their home, effectively, you know, your farm is your home. Um so I totally get that, but like I say, nothing that was um, particularly affronting to farmers mm-hmm. took place. It was it was the opposite. It was the fact that urban Kiwis, ten percent of which who have never been to a farm before in their life, fifty percent of which haven't been to a farm in the last couple of years, um, relish the opportunity. You know, and 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 that's I think the thing that farmers mostly took away is that uh, urban kiwis want this they really genuinely do yeah and 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 for for you know like I say there is there are some planning things and there is some requirement but if you're willing to make that commitment and and you're willing to to, to take that first step it will come back to you in spades so there's that investment of time and and taking the risk, et cetera. There's those rewards that come back. Um, nuts and bolts type stuff that farmers like to hear about, or we all like to hear about, really. What actually happens on a day? What do farmers have to do? You just open the gate, stand back? Or how much time are people involved? How much, what do they have to run? Do they... Yeah, so that's up to farmers. Um, mm-hmm. We we provide a full host handbook that basically takes all the best practice from similar uh, events and activations around the world and squeezes it into one book. Um, but how your day runs is up to you. Uh, we set a visitor minimum of 75. So that's, so that's about 30 odd people on the day are going to turn up. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, you know, the, uh, uh, the mo- those sort of smaller scale events were basically just a tour. 
30 people turn up, you say hello, maybe you have a cup of tea, you sort of give them a little bit of an overview, and then you walk around the farm and you say, this is a stream that we're replanting. These are um, our, you know, rising one-year-olds. Um, this is, you know, this particular uh, patch of crops. Um, and, and you basically walk people through the system. Um, that's that's its probably most simple form. Uh, and then it scales right up to, we have an event with 400 odd people, which is more of sort of a drop-in style. Here's the milk tanker. Here's an activity in this corner. We see more volunteers for that. And so the level of complexity is up to the farmer. And funnily enough, the feedback didn't differ uh-huh. from urban visitors, whether they went to this small, personal, quite intimate farm experience, or whether they went to the whiz-bang bouncy castle, they loved it. So so we, we don't push farmers in any direction. We're just there to provide all the information, all the support, all the help, do all the marketing, basically take as much of the responsibility off farmers as we can as the central uh-huh. brand um, and, and, and let them farmers, we like to say, tell your story your way. Do what you want to do, what do what makes you feel safe, comfortable and 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 authentic. Yeah. So you talk there about the, the range of numbers and therefore the program sort of depending on how many turn up, but that's not a surprise on the days. I mean, you, the farmers will know in advance more or less how many have registered to come and, and then how many yeah. turn up is obviously a... Um, uh, there's a bit of chance there, but it, yeah, you're not going to suddenly plan for 30 and have 400 walk in the gate. Better than that, you get a list of everyone who's actually coming to your farm. So if you've got a little direct consumer product or you've got a little Airbnb, we'll basically give you a customer list. Um, yep. So yeah, that's that's value. <laughs> yeah. And you're also, um, you know, farmers are good at talking and showing what they've got but there's um you suggest activities and things as well if people are thinking of doing something a bit more specific or a bit more pre-planned i guess correct we've got a list yep. of i think we're up to 55 uh, suggested activities yeah what about i mean the big thing that, that certainly a big part of our business at beef and lamb new zealand now whenever we go onto a farm uh, there's issues around uh, biosecurity um and health and safety are big things we have is a big part of our event planning what what's mm-hmm. the risk what's the responsibilities i guess of farmers around that um how's that taken care of and that's that was probably the biggest uh, question that we got from farmers when we first started doing all the market research so we worked with WorkSafe, we worked with dairy and and beef and lamb biosecurity teams to pull mm-hmm. best practice um guidelines all into one place again that's in that in that host handbook that you get right on registration um yeah we we know we live in an era of health and safety and biosecurity as as we probably should um uh, but what we've again tried to do is make things as easy as possible so we've you know kind of pre-done a checklist to expedite that process we do require that you do a health and safety plan so just a review of what Uh could go wrong and what your mitigating actions are um so i mean i don't think it's anything additional than than any other sort of sort of on-farm event mm-hmm. would, would require um but yeah we again we try and help we support yeah. you through that process as, as much as possible but yeah but i think i think we get a little bit too uppity about health and safety to be honest uh yeah when i went to the uk they do open farm sunday and um i met a chap who's been doing the health and safety there for an event that has um, twelve thousand people over <laughs> saturday and sunday He's been doing health and safety there. And I was like, you know, what, what are your horror stories you must have had? 
you know, armies of lawyers descending upon you. He said about six years ago, an elderly woman was on the dig your own spuds patch and she fell and broke her hip. I thought, you can if you've had upwards of 100,000 people come yeah. through this farm over 12 years and you've got a broken hip, I reckon we could, I reckon we could make this fly. And the Brits, come on. <laughs> Surely we can do better. Hey, um, so you talked there, you mentioned the word support, and there's a, you know, a lot of material. This is on openfarms.co.nz. If people want to have a go, have a look, or sign up, or, fo- or find out more, we'll put that, that link in there. Um, on the day, is it, uh, I mean, you, you provide a lot of support. Is there other people there to help on the day, or, or you know, up to farmers themselves? How does that sort of work? So we give you some ideas as to where to find volunteers. Mm-hmm. Um, we also do have um, some volunteer organisations uh, within some regions. So um, if, I, if, if you're in a specific space, we'll hook you up with you know, the local Federated Farmers team are really engaged, or you know, we've got uh, some support from rural women this year. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll do our best to hook you up with a volunteer. Um, but otherwise, it's a quite a good opportunity to kind of connect with those around you. So I saw a lot of farmers last year Pull in some of their key suppliers, maybe you know, some advisors, different neighbours, family. Our, the rough rule of thumb is if you can have two people for every fifty visitors, uh-huh. then you're probably pretty you're probably pretty sweet. That gives yep. you enough to, someone enough time to have a like a ten minute chat with someone to walk them through a concept. Um, but also people are kind of self sufficient. You know, uh-huh. you don't doesn't need to be one to one. And, and what we also found is that people who have, and this is kind of those nice things that happen that you don't expect to happen, that visitors kind of organize themselves a little bit. So people who had a little bit more understanding of agriculture would kind of walk people who were totally out of the blue through some of the concepts as well. And listen, they might get a few things wrong here and there, but again, that's an awesome experience. You know, yeah. people coming together over food and farming, like, that's what the whole thing's about. So, um, yeah, I mean, volunteers, I, I'm sure that if you asked a couple of people, they'd be more than happy to help out. You know, who doesn't yeah, love talking you. about what, what they do? and yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who doesn't yeah. love, who, What farmer doesn't love talking about farming? And, that, and that, that's the interesting thing. You know, we, we run field as the same thing people before. You know, I don't know if I want to host, so I'm nervous about it. But, yeah, ultimately, that's uh, I guess it's a human and an adult thing, or maybe a New Zealand adult thing, but it's certainly a farmer thing, just having a yarn about what you do. You, what you're talking about here is not preparing some huge handout or anything. It's just show and tell, ultimately, saying, that's exactly say, it. That's have exactly. a look at what we're doing. Yeah. Um, and one of the other things we've been working on a lot, you know, small group learning with action networks and community groups and that sort of thing, is this something... Uh, I mean, it, it would work quite well. I don't know if many have had, you know, just get their neighbours involved. Um, or, or things like that, or, or local farmers, other farmers. If you know farmers may not want to host one themselves, is it um, something they can support if a neighbour's willing to open their gates? Yep, Did and that... we've already seen that starting to take shape. So yep. we had um, uh, we we had a few farms host in the same region last year. What we've done is is either connected them up ourselves, or they've connected them mm-hmm. up themselves, and basically said, all right, let's not do three farms within half an hour drive each other let's do one big one and each support that farm in sort of a rotation um which is which is great that 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 works out well for everyone so um there are ways to to continually lighten the planning and and sort of volunteering load by just teaming up with neighbors Uh 
So we've talked a bit about the the costs, you know, both direct but mainly indirect in terms of all the things when you have people come onto your farm that you don't know. Um, we've talked about the benefits as potentially direct benefits to the farm themselves, that they have a little business that they can connect with a market audience. There's indirect benefits of the, the awareness thing and, and all that for the industry good side of things, I guess, which is why Beef and Lamb New Zealand are keen on this, that it's um, good for the, the industry as a whole. Um, what's How are we going in terms of getting people involved? I mean, there's, there's good reasons to do it. The benefits are outweighing the costs, both for the industry and for the individuals. Um, but you're looking for more people, you're wanting to grow numbers you had 45 last year you're looking to grow that this year yeah that's right one just quick one on the benefits quickly before we jump to that um and, and one quick one on the support yep. that host handbook we basically put the whole thing online um mm -hmm. there's a few bits and pieces that we've kept out um just to you know, you've got to keep some salt on the table yep. um so if anyone had any questions around what we discussed there that that's all basically on up uploaded really on the site online for you the second one about the benefits is that you also more, while we don't charge for hosts to participate or for visitors to attend, and that's mm -hmm. in our DNA, um, you're more than willing to sell a product on site yeah. uh, or take a donation for a community. So there's, you know, I know we, you know, we you're, you're a podcaster, I'm a marketer, we're obviously going to talk about like the intangible feel good stuff, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, you can make a bit of coin out of it. Yeah. So the local school group could do a sausage sizzle yeah, or something like totally. that, that sort of thing. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yes. absolutely. Um, yeah, so how are we going this year? We had 45 farms last year. Uh, we are really keen to double that uh -huh. and, and thus double or potentially um, triple the visitor um, turnout. That was 3,500 in 2020. Um, I would like to say that it's taken off like a rocket, um, but to be honest, Farmer signups have been slower than we'd anticipated. Uh, we're trying a few new things. We've got some really well-connected um, farmers who are now leading the recruiting. Uh, I'll be honest, last year it was me and my partner you know, bluffing our way through a few farming conversations. Um, this year we've got people who actually walk the talk, uh, which is great. But yeah, I'll be honest, there's signups aren't where we need them to be in order to get that scalability and, and uh -huh. growth that we want to see. Um, the big thing that we learned last year is that it's really easy to get urban people to get in uh -huh. the car and drive an hour and a half to go spend three hours at a farm. Yeah. Right at the start, I thought that was going to be the barrier. You know, there's transport, it's Sunday, uh, thing, what about the weather, all that kind of stuff. No. 85% of those events were fully booked. Uh -huh. you know, um, yes, we had some dropout rates. That's always going to be expected. But we had several events, like I said, that were oversubscribed um, and, and over-visited. So from a marketing perspective, we can, we, can, we can tweak that. We can work that. The hang-up is, hang is on farmer sign-ups. Uh -huh. um, and I'm not sure why. <laughs> yeah, been a tough year, I guess. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. And it's um well, as I say, right at the start, I'm getting back into the 
the work mode, I guess New Zealand being New Zealand, there's still a, a fair few people are away on holiday or not even thinking about it yet. When, sorry, we didn't even mention it at the start. We'll be in the blurb <laughs> for this. Uh, when's the when's the open day this year? It's Sunday the 21st of February. Sunday 21st of February. So we're recording this um, yeah, first half of January. So we've still got a, a month, six weeks to go, five, six weeks to go. So there's a wee bit of time. People are just uh, starting to turn up and think about getting back to work. Um if people are listening to that and thinking about it, so there's on the website, I've just had a quick look, there's a heap of stuff, there's a hosting 101, an outline, there is the handbook, as you say, nearly all of it's on there, and a whole lot of FAQs, frequently asked questions from from stuff that's gone there, but people can give you an email or a call directly if they just want to pick your brain, have a talk through this, Daniel, your, that's the sort of thing you do, talk Absolutely. through where it's going. We have a request a callback button uh, yep. on that host an event page. Uh, so just flick us your phone number, tell us a good time to call you. Uh, it'll either be myself or um, Lisa or Nikki, our farmer recruiters, uh, potentially Bella as well, our sort of farmer support. Um, and yeah, we'll, yeah we'll, walk, we'll walk and talk through all your barriers um, and, and, and provide as much support as we can from, from the brand side to make it work. Yeah. And like a lot of things, like our field days, like other things, farms get involved in. You're not signing up to do this every year. You know, as a farm, you can do it once and only once, or you can do it every couple of years, that sort of thing. You're, the commitment people are making is a is on a case-by-case basis. It's not like they're going to have to do this every year. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, go go in slow. Go in small. Um, that's what we what basically tell, you know, all of our first-timers is it, it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be a big bold flashy thing at all keep it manageable um and you know it's one of those things it's like i get it it's it's new it's 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 not doesn't fit into the typical box of farming um and like i said at the start it's it's making yourself a bit vulnerable um but i kind of feel like this is kind of the only way that we're going to get there you know if we want to um bring urban new zealand along with all the awesome changes that are going on, you know, to have them feel as excited about farming as we feel. It's, there's a, you know, that's, yeah. any farmer will know, like, there's only one way and it takes a lot of hard work and it's going to take a long time. <laughs> like, it, yeah. it, it is going to happen and it's got to happen one person at a time and it's got to happen on farm. Yeah. Like, anything else is, there ain't no silver bullets with this thing. Um, so, yeah, uh, We've, we've made a lot of changes. We're always going to keep making changes to make the, the system better and offer more support to farmers. Um, you know, we'll always be on the other end of the phone. Um, but, yeah, we, uh, yeah. We, we need you guys. All right. Hey, well, that's probably a good point. I think we've covered off most things. The key thing I've taken out of this and, and from your, your, your bit at the start is, it's it's in a way, it's easier than farmers think because it's not about putting on a production. It's just basically as the... As the uh, title more or less, open the gate, open the farm and have people come and look at what you're doing. You don't have to put on some major production and make things exist that don't already exist or, or do make it look some way that it's not already. Far. The, the people who came genuinely just appreciated seeing what was there as it was. For those people, it was a life changing experience. Yeah. For you, it's just a day on the farm. Cool. Hey, well, that's a that's a pretty good uh, line to finish on. Um, but we won't quite finish there. There's the website Open Farms, uh, Open Farms with plural .co.nz. There's a couple of articles on the Beef and Lamb New Zealand website. Is there? Um, we talked about the perils of social media, but do you have a Facebook page, etc., Daniel, for this stuff? We absolutely, have a Facebook page uh, and a Twitter handle and an Instagram page. The handles all are all Open Farms NZ. 
All right, so there you go. Some good quality social media. So, hey, look, anything we haven't addressed you want to cover off? Sorry, what was that? Anything we haven't addressed that you want to cover off? No, no. no. Um, good on you, rural New Zealand. You had a great year last year, despite everything. And, um, yeah, let's bring a couple other Kiwis on along for the ride. Awesome. Okay, get in touch with Daniel. Go to that website. If you're half thinking about it, the benefits to you individually and to our industry are, are massive. So um, we really want to drive those numbers up. But um, Daniel Ebb from Dirt Road Communications and founder of the Open Farms Program, thank you very much. Kia ora.